We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe and on Facebook. This week's guest is Lauren Marsicano Esquire. Lauren is the founder of the Networking Maverick Community, where she helps her clients turn their networks into net worth. Lauren has been recognized as a top 40 under 40 lawyer in the nation by the American Bar Association and has been named 2019 Florida Super Lawyer Rising Star. She received her law degree from the University of Miami and has studied at Oxford University. For more helpful tips and motivation, join her mailing list at networkingmaverick.com. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for you to be on because obviously you love networking as much as I do. Yes. <laughs> and I love the name, the social capital. Oh, I love thanks. that name. Yeah, I think that's so uh, valuable for this space. I think it's a great way because I think network marketing a lot of times gets a bad rap nowadays. So I think the social capital really uh, emphasizes the positive aspects. Well, thank you for that. I love the name Networking Maverick. I think that's a good name too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's dive into some fun questions here. So obviously social media is huge, um, but do you think that in-person networking is obsolete? So I think it's, I've actually been talking a lot about this for the last year because my space did start with the networking mapper community was an online community first. That's where I launched it and that's where it was. But I have always thought that in-person networking is where the magic happens. I think social, social media and social media networking should always be a subsidiary of it. It should support it and uh, be kind of a subset of what you're doing because I think it's undeniable nowadays. If you don't have an online presence, you don't have social capital, right? You, you need that online presence because you meet someone in person. The first thing we're all doing is Googling them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first thing we're doing is looking them up, whether it's on you know LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, just Googling their names. Uh, and if you don't have that social presence, you don't have the credibility, you don't have the capital to work with. But I think you cannot neglect in-person networking. And uh, over the last year, I've been doing a lot more networking, you know, out of state and and through the ABA. And then I started doing more networking with higher uh, net worth organizations. And even the multimillionaires and billionaires that do it say, it doesn't matter how much I've spoken to you online. You could be part of my online community, any of those things. But if I don't meet you in person, we're not taking that relationship to the next level and it's not going to last as long as my in-person connections do. So I I think you neglect in-person networking at your own peril sort of thing. And that's why I'm such a proponent of organizing events or supporting events that are alive so that people can come and connect and build community in person. And then the online is there for those that, you know, just can't make it to our area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think there is something to be said about in-person still. And, And I like how you brought up how, you know, these very high net worth individuals and companies I mean, they're still jumping on planes to go visit their clients in person. Even though technology makes it easy to still have that conversation, video conferencing, phone, whatever, um, 
in person is extremely powerful. So nice. Agreed. So for the intro introverts out there, what advice do you have for them on how to network and make connections? So I love my introverts. Introverts are probably my favorite demographic to target, especially at in-person events. <laughs> um, because so even though you might see me and those that are close to me even believe that I'm an extrovert, a traditional extrovert. And I've taken all of the tests like the Myers-Briggs and all those personality tests. And I actually come up almost even, like I'm a little bit more extroverted. Uh, but so I consider myself an ambivert, which is, you know, it could be someone that's higher extroversion, but still introverted or higher introversion, introverted, but still extroverted. And it really just deals with how I get my energy or lose my energy. And there are certain groups I'm around where I do get energy. But then for instance, I, if I have a big event or I'm hosting something, a lot of times that drains me and there's like a day where you can't talk to me <laughs> or I'm just, I'm just recovering. Um, so for introverts, my biggest tips are number one, if you already made the effort to go to an event, just think that that you already took that initial step, right? So your, your heart is in the right place. Your mindset is in the right place. Maybe you're just failing to plan effectively. So uh, I did release a, a networking Maverick pocket guide that kind of goes through steps and guides you. But I think the biggest things that hold introverts back is they get overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. They get to an event and I'm sure you've seen it where they go, but then they sit in the corner or, you know, in a separate area from the room, maybe on their phone. And I, when I'm at events, I make it a point to actually go up to those people because you already made the first step to come here. I know you want something from this. So let me help you get that. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you actually planned more reasonable goals, so setting a reasonable goal of three new meaningful connections, and I don't mean handing your business card out to three new people. I mean, having a, an in-depth conversation with someone where you're thinking, how can I add value to this person's life? And what can I learn about them? Even if they're not going to be a sale, they can still be a connection and someone that uh, you know, might lead to a sale later down the road or a referral or maybe a connection to your next event. And if you have that reasonable goal in mind of three new connections, I think it becomes a lot less overwhelming. And then my second tip for that would also be to target events that are interesting to you. Don't just go to an event because you hear that it's popular uh, or because your, your friends are going or you, you hear colleagues going to it. If you target an event where you actually have an interest, you're more likely to feel comfortable and you already have something in common with a lot of attendees. So you're, you're going to feel that connection faster because you already have something in common. That's, that's one of the biggest tips for any kind of networking. You, you try to find that commonality and that groundwork for a connection. So if you Focus on the three reasonable, meaningful goals, the meaningful connections and target events you have an interest in. I think it'll be a lot more beneficial for you in the long run and you're less likely to feel overwhelmed and then, you know, just kind of leave or, or actually not be productive at the event. Well, I think those are all great insights that you shared. And uh, I, I don't know if I've heard the word ambivert before. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I've, I've heard of, I know exactly what you're describing, like an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Um, because I, I personally connect and resonate with that as well, where, um, like you were talking about, you know, if I'm in a room, there's high energy, which is awesome. That's what's feeling me to like totally rock that, that event. But then it's pulled all this, you know, energy out of me and I need a day to like 
recover <laughs> basically and I don't want to talk to anyone <laughs> so, exactly. um, so I, I definitely have this roller coaster thing happening um with with that but yeah I label myself as like an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert I don't know which one it is but um because I think they're kind of the same thing to some extent yes. <laughs> um but ambivert I, I I did I'm gonna have to look that one up and just kind of get a clearer picture on that interesting but I love the tips that you shared and, and totally a fan of identifying some reasonable goals uh, at an event and finding events that are of interest to you, not just ones that, you know, you, you feel obligated to go to. That's right. good advice there. Thank you. <laughs> what is something that people always ask you when it comes to starting a new business? Ooh, so I would say lately it's been evolving. So through my time as a so my background is obviously as a, a lawyer. So I'm a business law attorney and that was my first baby, my first business. And Networking Maverick kind of came from networking in that space once I launched a business and realizing that a lot of people weren't comfortable networking. A lot of people didn't know how to make money from it. They were just going to events and feeling like they wasted time. So that was number one when they saw us beat our first year and do well and then keep going and growing people kept asking how are you doing this how are you making money from it i feel like this is a drain i should just do online networking i'm wasting time and i kept saying it's it's how you plan it out it's how you're strategizing that is lacking do you actually really know your target market do you know your target market's target market? Because your target market is going to events to target their market. So why not go to those events? You know, like go where the, the people are. Are you researching it properly online? Like social media has opened the door to essentially finding out exactly what your target wants and, and where they're going and what their interests are. So you can create that avatar. So I, I think the biggest thing people ask me is how I make money from it. <laughs> how, how do I actually make money from spending all this time networking? And, uh, and so that's why I did create the pocket guide uh, and, and went through that process. And then the second thing was, okay, but you're doing this. And when we launch, we don't have money to do it. We don't have money to get a lawyer. We don't have money to go to events. So, so what do we do? Well, there are tons of free events, tons. I mean, meetup alone has probably thousands of events in your area. Uh, Eventbrite also. And then if you actually connect with people online, people that are organizers and you're adding value to their online community, I've actually seen where people get free tickets or discounted tickets. Yep. So if you target those people and you're, it's all about adding value. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's how I always say, and I've said it for years, but especially when I got into, you know, doing networking Maverick as a, a business itself, it's about adding value to people and not being, I understand the ABC mentality of the always be closing. Mm-hmm. I do. I understand it. I always say ABC always be connecting. <laughs> yeah. nice. um, and I understand that we're all, we're all hustling. We all want to make money. That's why we're in business. Right. Uh, but if you just focus on making a sale, you're going to miss out on a connection. And I think connections are more valuable long-term. I agree with that hundred percent. So Lauren, my goal with this podcast is to help alleviate any fears that people have around networking. And and it sounds like that's a big passion of yours as well. So can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking story that you have? Yes. And I have so many, especially after opening my own business. I think that uh, it opened me up for being able to do a lot more business development on that end. Um, but I was thinking about this and, and just 
the biggest thing that's happened recently has been, I, I had an event on Monday and it was my first big event. And by big event, I mean more than hundred people, 150 people ended up coming. That's awesome. It was, oh, it was amazing way, the turnout, the energy, everything. But it was my first time planning that size event. Most of my events have been 30 to 50 or in coordination with someone else. I was able to plan and execute the event in less than three and a half weeks only because of the network I've built over the last two to three years. And the reason I say that is because if if I didn't do every single thing for the last three years, especially, I wouldn't have been in BNI and then uh, Business Networking International. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't in that, I wouldn't have had the connection that came in uh, about two months ago that gave me the connection to the person that ended up owning three businesses that sponsored the event. And it was the venue sponsor, the food sponsor, and the and the accoutrements, like the, the, the favors and the tables and the chairs. That allowed me to focus all my efforts on actually creating a meaningful event, getting speakers. Every single speaker was someone I connected with within the last year or someone they connected me with. So just being able to pull on all those relationships because I had added value to all these people's lives. I'd gone to their events. I had met with them. I had introduced them to other people and opened up doors. It, I think it, it's almost unheard of to create that size of event in that shorter period of time. And I don't know why at the, at the time I didn't even think about it (laughs) when I was planning it. I didn't think, wow, this is overly ambitious. I just thought, okay, I got to do this. This is the deadlines. These are the times. And it wasn't until after the event on like Tuesday, someone was like, how did you do this? This is ridiculous. This is insane. And I was like, oh, well, these are all people I knew. These are all people I've met with. And so that to me is when you've networked that much and you've added value, then people are going to come out for you and help you. And if you don't have that network, and these are all people I met in person, by the way, not just online. Mm -hmm. I might have have initially contacted them online, but I met them in person at their events uh, or or at somewhere, you know, met them for lunch. So I think that that just shows the power of, of networking and connection. That's awesome. I'm, I'm blown away at 150 people in, in three weeks of planning. (laughs) And with nine speakers. Nine speakers. And, and it went off great. And you were getting people praising you about it. I mean, that's awesome. You should definitely give yourself a little, little uh, pat on the back for that. Thank you. I definitely had a two day recovery though. (laughs) Oh, I can totally believe that. And hopefully you planned that and you knew that. After this is over, I'm doing nothing for two days. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly, exactly what I did. I was like, everything I can do for the next two days, I can do from home. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So I love that you're an advocate of having some of these face-to-face, you're putting on events to, to really make that happen. Um, how do you ultimately stay in front of and continue to nurture your network? So I think this is where social media has come in a lot. I think that it really allows you to nurture your audience when you're not able to. So for instance, if I, there's no way I could personally nurture each and every one of a you know, couple hundred thousand contacts or, or 20,000 contacts or even a thousand contacts realistically. Uh, but social media does give you the ability to say, hey, here's a new event and, and DM them and say, hey, I was thinking about you. Here's an event coming up. Uh, I, that's probably the, the number one thing I do to nurture my relationships is I 
either email or, you know, send messages via Facebook messenger, LinkedIn, or Instagram about upcoming events. Or maybe if I see an article that's interesting, I send it if I think it's valuable to their space. And I'm also a huge proponent of actually connecting people. So I always, I always want to make authentic connections, but I want to help others make those connections as well. And by connecting others and adding that value, I think that that also nurtures my own relationship, you know, and I don't do it to be selfish. I do it to connect them. Mm -hmm. But I think that any of those things, whether it's recommending a book, an event, a podcast, uh, just a refer a strategic referral, those are great ways to nurture. And then because you have a following online, you can also just post interesting materials, you know, on my YouTube or Instagram or anything, and it might add value to them. And I also have a monthly newsletter, which is another, I think email marketing is very, very important. Even just once a month newsletters to let people know what's going on in your community or what you're doing is a great way to nurture as well. Yeah, I think that's, um, all of those are fantastic. I think you're you're a perfect example of just all the things you should be doing. <laughs> so nice job. Um, yeah, I love that you uh, have reinforced social media um, because it is a way to kind of get one message out to many people at once. Um, but it's not just, I'm gonna publish it on my feed and then hope whoever sees it, sees it. Uh, you're taking the extra step of doing some direct messaging to individuals and, and kind of doing a personal invite to some extent. Um, yes. And you know, just even giving just high level recommendations. Here's a book, here's a podcast, whatever it may be. And the newsletter, man, as much as I hate email, I mean, I, I should say I have a love-hate relationship with email. Um, <laughs> It is very powerful. And I know even though I get a lot of junk emails and spam emails, there's certain emails that I still open when they come in the inbox because I know there's value in it. So I love all of the things that you're saying, Lauren. Oh, great. Yeah, no, I, and I do think email marketing has, has also become something almost oversaturated, but if you do it right and you're adding value and not just, you know, plugging your own things, I think that th- that's when people keep opening them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know um, we talked a little bit about uh, this question, but what additional advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Well, I definitely think social media presence is is great, but you need to be getting out there and doing in-person networking. And I can't stress that enough. I know that it's very tempting to rely solely on social media networking. I know because you can do it from bed or you can do it from a couch or in between meetings and you, you like a picture or you send something, uh, you know, on WhatsApp and you think, okay, I've, I've networked. And that's not always the case. I think that without that in-person networking, without targeting the right audiences, without actually having a plan in place on how to, you know, so my five steps for it are the identifying, researching, planning, showing up and follow up. So if you're not doing those things, you're not making money from it. You're not making connections from it. You're not turning your network into net worth, you know, as it were. So I definitely do not neglect in-person events. And when you're getting cards, that's a great way to build an email list. You know, ask them, hey, I, I, I do an email campaign every month that I just give some information. Can I put you on the list? And then boom, that's that's adding value right there. I think that's great. I love that you have a five-step process here. Identify, research, plan, show up, and follow up. And all of those are important. All of them. <laughs> very, very important. It's not just show up. 
because <laughs> that's exactly. you got I think the homework um you know, the pre-work actually is you know researching and having a plan of attack is probably more important um to some extent but all of them have are important you can't just show up and things are going to happen exactly yeah and if you're not identifying the right target and you're not researching the right events and you're not planning when you show up it's a waste of time almost you know you're you're kind of waiting for luck at the draw Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than showing up at events and utilizing your time effectively. And I think that's the biggest thing. People think online they're more effective, but it, maybe it's just because they're not planning, you know? Yeah. So if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh, so I've always been like a mini adult. <laughs> And uh, I think it's because I grew up in the hotel industry. I moved around the world 15 times growing up and my dad ran hotels and resorts. So it wasn't, everyone always thinks it was military, but it was less boot camps, more spas. It was great, (laughs) (laughs) but he always emphasized networking. He always emphasized building connections that you should treat everyone from the, you know, the maid, the gardener, the the trash person, the same as any high level person coming in into contact, the GMs, VPs, or, or high, high level clientele. And he also taught me to network and have like a little black book, essentially, or like a Rolodex back then and to email. Well, back then it was actually handwritten notes more, more of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think though what I neglected because between my twenties and now I've still moved probably six times and I did not keep in touch with new addresses as much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now it's easier. You, you can get emails and, uh, and that sort of thing. But when I was in my 20s, I, I wasn't keeping track of it as much as I should. And people have moved and I, I've lost touch with them. So I think that that would be my number one thing that I would do differently. But otherwise, I think maybe just being a business owner sooner <laughs> and, and getting out there because I do, I love, you know, being the owner, being my own boss, I now have three businesses. So I'm a serial entrepreneur at this point. Awesome. And so I, I would just say, take the leap and uh, either start building your network so that you can launch your business now while you still have that nine to five paycheck and you're building up reserves, mm-hmm. but be doing, be doing that and be building your network. That's, that's really what's going to help you long-term. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, awesome. I mean, that totally makes sense. I think the tip about, you know, treating everyone the same, regardless of, you know, what their role is or what they're doing. That's so powerful. And, mm-hmm. and I think is very much missed today. Um, still, unfortunately, yeah. but just keeping in touch and maintaining addresses. That is definitely a challenge. I mean, email has shifted a little bit, but yeah, I know that, you know, every year you send out the holiday cards and how many you get back. <laughs> you, you don't have the current information. Yep. Um, and, and there are some things where you can send out, you know, um, updates or, you know, you can reach out to friends of friends, but it's still, if I was keeping in contact with them more when I was younger, I would have alleviated some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Lauren, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Now, who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? So I love the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the six degrees separation, I think, is great. And I really do believe in it. And 
So I, the person right now that I'm trying to, to manifest that I'm going to meet in the next year is uh, Marie Forleo. I don't know if you know her or heard about her. Yeah. Yes. I, I, her name sounds familiar. Please uh, refresh me and, and our listeners. I know who she is. <laughs> well, she's, she's a powerhouse all around. Uh, you probably, if you know about her, you probably know her either from Marie TV, which is her online series where she interviews, you know, celebrities, guests, uh, business coaches, authors, everything. She's been interviewed by Oprah, Tony, and I believe Tony Robbins, Louis Hose, um, Dean Graziosi, all, all these powerhouse people. She was a business coach for a while. I believe, I don't know if it was 10 years, 15 years. She was a business coach for a long time, but then launched Marie TV in order to help business owners connect and in, in glean information and really just get out there. She's on a book tour right now with everything is figure outable. So I was thinking, how many degrees would it take for me to meet her? Because she's out out there more now, right? Before uh-huh. she wasn't, she wasn't going out as much. Now I see her uh, at events online. There's an event happening. I, I believe it's Rachel Hollis's event, uh, November seventh to ninth. And I was thinking about trying to go to that. But if if that can't be the way, then I, the way I've kind of tracked it back is that I'm part of a I'm part of a networking slash online support group called um, the SC. Uh, so it's Style Collective, and Style Collective is famous on the map because Jenna Kutcher came from them. Mm-hmm. Jenna Kutcher is a big Instagram personality that came from a, a double tap if love has no size from like a curvy empowerment post. Mm-hmm. She has been interviewed. Uh, or has collaborated with Dean Graziosi on courses. And Dean Graziosi either has a direct connection with her or has a connection with Lewis Hose, uh, Hughes. Oh, he, oh, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. And he has a direct connection with Marie Forleo, who's been interviewed by him. So any of those points, if I could get in contact with Jenna Kutcher through the SE sisters. So they're actually putting on a conference in the next six months and I'm hoping she'll be there so I could try. And I think that's going to be a smaller group than like the Rachel Hollis event. Sure. Um, so that might be my best opportunity. And plus I'm also a curvy, confident queen. <laughs> so I totally relate to Jenna's message on that. And I think that on, on that end, I would probably be able to form a connection with her if I could uh, see her at that event. And then maybe over time, work my way up that chain. I love it. I think, uh, you totally are going to make this happen since you put <laughs> so much time and energy into really like trying to figure this out. Um, so please report back when you do connect. Um, and I, I really believe that you're going to make this happen. You just Thank have you. such fantastic energy right now around that, uh, which is really cool. All right. So as a serial entrepreneur, I imagine you're doing a lot to continue to educate yourself, such as watching Marie TV. Um, Any books or podcasts or anything that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah. So actually, recently I got turned on to uh, a book. Well, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I don't read, read as much hard books anymore, just because it's so much easier to listen to podcasts or or listen to an audiobook. Yep. The one I'm listening to right now is called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. And I was turned on to it by another networking space person that does a lot of uh, selling from stages and markets around the world. And so I never heard of the book, but I'm listening to it and it's got some great tips for network marketing actually. And, and because whether your social media presence is really high or 
you're going in person to meet people. It's all about influence. That's why I call them influencers online or if you're influencing people in person. And I, I got sucked in because I think, it, I don't know if it's the first chapter or the second chapter that I heard was all about adding value to people and the psychology of that. Cause I never knew, you know, that there was a psychological process behind it. I always just thought I'm adding value. So that's going to come back to me in the universe, right? That, that I'm sending out positive energy. I'm connecting people. It's going to come back in abundance. And in this book, it said, psychologically, when you do a favor for someone, they're more likely to go out of their way to do something for you in return. Mm-hmm. And I think that that I was, I, I don't know, maybe that sounds so simple, but I was blown away by that and how much I guess politicians use it and network marketing people use it and, and that people online use it in very you know different ways. But it, to me, that's just another way of saying adding value. So it, I think it depends on what avenue you're coming at that. Uh, but I think that it's just a great book to learn how to write persuasively, how to do a lot more ads online. That's what I, I, the reason I wanted to listen to it is because I am trying to do more marketing for, uh, you know, my e-courses and online school. And I'm trying to do some of it on my own to see if I can really connect with my audience uh, the best way I want to. And so I got turned on to this book and I just think it's great for everyone to read, honestly, anyone in business. Yeah. Sounds like a good one. I'll have to add that to my listening list. I've got too many hard-covered books that I need to read still. <laughs> I know, I know. I started building up with the hardcover books. That's why I switched to audio because I'm in the car flying a lot. So it's just easier. Oh, totally, totally agree with that. Okay, Lauren, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you now and give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? I would love, 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 love to know who you want to meet on the six degrees of separation. Cause I love that question and I would love to know who you want, who you want to meet. And if I couldn't, if I could in any way help, obviously I will, but I would love to know who you want to meet. Yeah. There's, um, oh man, I've, I've, some other people have asked me this question and I, I'm, I'm still stuck on Gary Vaynerchuk cause I think what he's doing is fascinating, oh, Gary. Uh, but I don't know what I would ask him. I would just want to sit and listen to him talk. (laughs) I don't care what he has to say, but to some extent I'm already able to do that because he's like very public with what he's doing. Oh yeah. Um, So I don't know if that's just more of like a, you know, celebrity, like, Oh, it'd be cool to meet with him. Um, But I think I need to actually do a little digging and say like, who is it that I really would love to have a conversation with right now? Well, and how would you get there? So like, you know, I know you could hear Gary at a, at an event, but to meet him personally, outside of just at an event, how would you, how do you, what would be your process? So my process, I started on like Instagram, trying to work my way back through emails and seeing who'd been interviewed by who, Mm -hmm. what would be your kind of process to get to Gary B? Well, I know a couple of people that have met with him uh, one-on-one before, so I'd probably start there and say, you know, what is the level? Do you feel comfortable enough making that introduction? Um, Otherwise, I know before he became, you know, as high profile as he is right now, he used to be very open to, hey, I'll meet with you, but you got to fly to wherever I am at the time and I'll give you 15 minutes of my time. So I don't know if he's as like open to that right now. I, I don't think he is, but I know, I mean, he's very receptive to people reaching out and connecting to him. So I think to some extent, it's just going there and saying, <laughs> let's have a conversation. Um, but there has to be a value proposition. You know, I have to not just say, I want to meet you. I have to bring something to the table, a value that would make him um, super interested in actually having a conversation with me. And that's where I think I'm more stuck. 
I, I, I'm pretty confident that I can make it happen. I just need to have a reason behind it happening. <laughs> Besides my own selfish, like, oh, it'd be great to see you and meet you and shake your hand and hug you or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, I mean, there's got to be something you could add value to Gary Vee's life, whether it's just, hey, I can have you on my show and you can reach a larger audience or you can help in this specific space of network marketing. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's got to be something with his message. I know right now he's pushing that wine text. Yeah. Is his biggest thing right now. So maybe adding value to that. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure there's lots of opportunities to to dive into that. Yeah. I just got to put my thinking cap on. (laughs) That's a fun question. Thanks so much for asking it. Um, Okay, Lord. So any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I'm always use, follow me, you DM me, you email me. I'm very responsive. I'm the one responding to you. It's not someone on my team. It's me. Uh, responding to you. So if you ever want to connect or you want any more further advice or anything, whether it's on the the legal side, I'm not going to give legal advice, but educational you know, <laughs> connections on, on the law side or anything with networking or online, or you want me to connect you with someone that you think is in my network. I'm always very open to any of that. Uh, I would say just if you're scared about networking in person, you know, you can always, I have a YouTube channel all about that. Uh, which is just called Networking Maverick. And you can look at any of those. You can reach out to me. I do one-on-one uh, type empowerment coaching as well, online and in person. So any any way that I can help people, I'm, I'm very open to it. But you just got to do it, right? You got to do it scared. Mm-hmm. And it's scary, but you just got to go out there and do it and start. And once you start and you keep doing it, it it's going to be easier and easier, just like public speaking for me was. <laughs> It's just, you gotta, gotta get yourself out there. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get. So the more you go out and network and the more you hone the skill, the more you go through the five steps and and really put yourself out there, the easier it's going to get. If you want to get in contact with me, you can either email me at Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N at networkingmaverick.com. You can also reach out to me on any of my social media channels. On Instagram, I'm at networkingmaverick. On Facebook, it's just my name, Lauren Marsicano. Uh, But anyway, and LinkedIn, LinkedIn, same thing, Lauren Marsicano. Any any way that you can reach out to me, I am there for you. So do not hesitate to reach out. I want to help everyone become the best version of themselves that they can be in in networking and business. So I always say uh, my my. I guess tagline is helping entrepreneurs build and protect their queendoms, especially female entrepreneurs who I, who I target the most. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make you part of my queendom. I want you to build your own queendom. We all become part and lift each other up. Uh, so I'm there. I'm here for it. That's great. And we will include all those links and kind of resources that you've mentioned in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. This is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yes, I did too. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you in person soon. Absolutely. If you are (laughs) ever in Milwaukee, most definitely reach out. Yes. Or if you want to come to Miami and vacation. (laughs) For sure. Especially... As we're approaching our winter season and crazy cold weather here. I know, that's when we get all the snowbirds. <laughs> mm-hmm, I bet. 
Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Lauren for taking the time to connect with us. Join us next week for another great guest as we continue the conversation on networking and building your community. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.